Most people uh, starting a business at zero is hard. Now imagine trying to start a business and get it off the ground with $400,000 in debt. We got a wild story today. Uh, I think our guest has pretty much weathered every possible storm and problem that you could experience in business. Uh, Cameron, you've got a crazy story. Uh, it's something that most people try to avoid talking about. But before we, uh, we dig in, give everybody a little bit of background on yourself. Absolutely. So I'm Cameron Creamer. I'm 29. Um, from Midcoast, Maine. I own Madomic Construction. We're a custom home builder. Before that, I turned wrenches and was a heavy equipment mechanic. Um, got tired of that, thought everything was boring and started swinging a hammer. Now we're here. So you went to school to be a mechanic, correct? Uh, yeah. yeah. So how, went... how long were you doing that before you decided that wasn't it? Oh, geez, that's a good question. Uh, five years? So when did you get into construction? Like you're 29 now. I mean, yeah, I was 23. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Did you have family in the business or how, how why construction? Uh, actually, so I was the company I worked for doing heavy equipment repair was a excavation paving company and they plowed a bunch of towns in the, in and around us in the winter. The, guy I started working for actually plowed for them one winter and was like, Hey, come, you should come bang a hammer with me. Okay. And uh, I'll give you this much an hour. And I was like, mm, that's better than I'm doing right now. See you. So and you made that switch just. I made rent. that switch blind. We're talking like nine months after getting married and just went home one night, told my wife, I was like, listen, I know you went with me to college and grounded out out of state. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to start a new trade and just 100% supported it she I think in the back of her mind she thought I was a little crazy but if she (laughs) if she had said but like you know that's crazy don't do it I wouldn't have done it but uh it was the right move you know looking back on it now so then well I mean with what we're going to get into today I don't want to ruin the whole thing right off the bat but you ultimately started working for somebody things kind of went south and you eventually ended up taking over correct yeah that's correct could you run us through that process? What from the time that you started working with him to the time that you took over? How long was that time frame? A couple of years? Two and a half years. So you're telling me, I've seen the work you guys do. You're telling me that in two and a half years, you started with this guy, took over the business, and are still cranking out the quality that you're doing now. Yeah, we're probably cranking out better now. Holy shit. Run, run was, us through that a little bit if you could. That's freaking wild. Sure. So, like my progression with the company? Absolutely. All right, yeah. So, so I started in get my cheat sheet. There we go. I started in August of 16. I started working with this builder. Yeah. And, and we did everything and we did everything pretty much that we could do legally in house. So I did hardwood. I did a tile. I did my own drywall. Insulation was us, framing, window install, siding, everything. We did all of it. So I got well rounded in all of that because we were. I mean, cranking out work. Um, I mean, it was not, it was nothing for one guy to do like five square cedar shingles a day solo. And now it's like, I think I'm happy if my guys do like two square a day solo. And I'm like, oh, so they were running back in the day. We were running nonstop. 
you know, we'd start five thirty, six o'clock in the morning and you got done when you finished what your tasks were for the day. And I mean, we've, we've closed out punch lists on house and left at like two 30 in the morning. Uh, Dang. yeah, we've, we've cranked. So this isn't going to be a substance abuse episode. Is it my no, God? Sir. How are you working till two no, 30 in the morning? Uh, energy drinks, bro. Energy drinks and coffee. Okay. No, That's I don't right. drink coffee. No, can't do it. Holy shit. We can't found do a it, unicorn man. guys. Yeah, definitely. So in two and two and a half <laughs> the horn years, it's a little crooked, but oh, it's, it's definitely crooked. <laughs> you're telling me that in two and a half years, you, I mean, obviously you did anything and everything with this company. So you were yeah. able to, I mean, even on the back end, you were able to take that over as well. Yeah. So that was tricky. Uh, I'll be totally honest. That was the hardest part because if you don't know what you're doing, hire somebody who does. Yeah. Right. Like that's, I mean, if you listen to any business model or I don't know what you want to call them, inspirational speaker. Yeah. You know, hire your weaknesses, lead to your strengths. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My, my strengths are 100% talking to people. Um, I'm pretty good at it. And, uh, and just making sure everything's on point. So, and I'm pretty good at pushing guys along so that they can move at a faster rate than they actually want to. Yeah. So that's kind of where we were, but basically I started with him in August of 16. Um, it was just me and him at that time. By the time you get to the summer of 17, we were up to like 15 guys mm. and like, we're talking like exploding out. So if you took a ball of energy and just blew it up and just started feeding work left and right. Yeah. Uh, and then summer of 17 with 15 guys, he basically told me to take my bags off and go to PM, but I was on site PM. So I was still there watching the work, helping the guys do the work. But with, within a year of starting to do construction professionally, not just as a hobby or helping somebody out, I was PM in these jobs and we're not talking about like a $25,000 kitchen. We're talking like quarter million dollar addition. And this is back in 17. Mm-hmm. So That's what would be like what, 700? Yeah, now? exactly. Yeah, six, <laughs> 700,000. Um, but I just, I basically just did me and I, I would ask him for advice, but like I was always doing me. So my big thing is um, I've always been about integrity and honesty and total transparency with the client. So we were always doing like cost plus work. I still do cost plus. Actually, my whole model is based on cost plus. It seems to make it a little easier. There's less worrying about where you're padding things and things. Yeah, totally. totally. If we we could turn the camera around, man, you would see I've got three inch binders for each job and every single slip that if it's billed to the client, it's in that binder. There we go. That's a staple to that invoice. We can get in there doing it. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely (laughs) check that out. Yeah. So. I know that things kind of went south without going too much into detail. Can you give us a rundown on how that basically from prior owner to you, how did that whole thing pan out? What happened there? And so here's what happened is we got, we got massive. I mean, at the height of it, we were like 23 guys plus me and him. So 25 Mm -hmm. and I saw it. I think he was kind of blinded by where he was headed personally um, cause he, he was doing some stuff personally that was, uh, kind of messing with him on the business side. Like, I think he had some stuff going on at home that wasn't like ideal, but I started to see our quality slip and I was trying to catch it up and it was dragging all the jobs behind 
So now we have this snowball effect where he doesn't see it. He's taking on more work and taking on more work and taking on more work. And I'm like trying to slow these guys down so that they do it right. Cause we're, we're spending like a month on punch list and it's just, that's just unacceptable. Like if yeah, you're going to turn happen. any sort of profit, like you, you should be punch list in like a 5,000 square foot house for like two weeks Yeah, at most. And it's snowballed to the point that he's like, he goes on vacation to kind of, I think kind of reset himself. And while he's on vacation calls me and says, Hey, I'm not coming back. I'm going to close the doors in two weeks tell the guys when they get their checks that they're done and we're 23 guys and that's a lot of families. that's a that's yeah. a lot of families and a lot of kids and so i got thinking about what i made per year we'll call it per year because i made a ton of money but it was also working a ton of hours yeah and i said that there's no way i can do that anywhere else in this area in this field yeah like no one's going to be like yeah you've got two years because Two years of official construction experience. I'm going to hire you as a PM. Yeah, we'll work you until two in the morning. You're yeah, not going to get like, those hours and that work. No, exactly. So I couldn't do it. So I was like, just just sign me, sign me over the business, and I'll take the debts. Like I'll, so I'll at this keep point, you, it. at this point, you knew he was in debt. Yeah, I knew that. Obviously, I mean, every builder is going to be in debt in some way or another. You know, but did you not, know how much he was in debt? No, no, I knew. I had an idea because I was invested enough in the company that i was doing like i was cutting payroll and um i was paying the lumber bill out of our the business's accounts so you at so least I, had I an idea signer. of how big those numbers were when you yeah, took over yeah i had an idea um so i had i had envisioned it being like i'd have to look back at the the sales agreement but i think it was like right in the 170 range was what i knew about yeah and so in lieu of paying for the business i was like i'll take these debts it's fine I can roll through and pay it off. Um, but there were some that weren't, weren't disclosed. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if it was, if it was intentional that he did that, like didn't tell me, or if it was, maybe he didn't know, but I would have expected that he knew. I'm sure he knew, but it was yeah. more like a, Hey, this kid's willing to take it. Might as well it, let him take it. Exactly. Exactly. Don't just take some of it, take all of it. Right. So, so, so how'd that go down, Cameron? He he gives you a call. He gives you the notice on the two weeks and everything. Yeah. You're probably trying to. I, mean, I typed that up probably so kinda, fast. I, honestly, so I actually next ran. Act? So I was like, all right, well, let me see what I need to do so that I can legally take over this business and acquire it. So, you know, the 20, I don't know how old I was at that point, 24, 25, 24. Let me see how I can legally acquire this. So instead of calling a lawyer, like a, normal person would do i'm like straight up on google how to buy a business <laughs> and i found this like purchase how to buy a business agreement. with a lot of debt <laughs> yeah dude I, I found this purchase a sales agreement i was like typing up the template changing the names around changed all the names around and i added a clause at the bottom because i knew about a couple things that were they had the business name attached to them but i didn't want any sort of liability with them so i put this one sentence in the bottom that says Blah, 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 blah. I'm not taking responsibility for this or this. That one sentence saved my ass like $250,000 right off the bat. So what was it? You didn't take responsibility for work that was done prior or was it just certain instances? It was certain work that wasn't done prior and a certain, like there was like a line of credit that okay. was separate from the business, but like some of the business was collateral on it and I yeah. got that released. Okay. But 
it was like, I'm not taking responsibility for any of the money that's borrowed on that line of credit, basically. So then at the end of the day, you took over this business. Did you end up paying anything for it? No. You well, got it for free. No, that's not true. Um, we'll probably get into it later on down the road. But as a business owner, if if you have anybody on your account that is an authorized signer and you choose not to pay the taxes, that authorized signer is eligible to pay those taxes. Okay. So I actually had to pay a, a trust fund penalty. It was like 10 grand. Uh, so grand scheme, not a big deal, but that hit me like first year, first year taxes. So you took over all 23 employees stayed? No. How many did you let go of? Uh, half of them. Oh shit. I literally sat down the day. So there's like a six month window here. So I told them I'd take it over, but I needed time to figure everything out. So this is like February. I didn't actually buy the business officially until june oh wow so i ran the company from that time period he was checked out and gone and i just kept running that company and during that six month period of time i sat down and looked at everybody and i said okay who's doing b grade or worse work on the regular and it was like 10 guys they were just bodies you know what yeah. i mean like like yeah. glorified helpers and so i had a meeting with the guys the day I finalized the sale and I said, look, and I just listed them off. I, was, I listed off the guys and I was like, you, 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 you. Yeah. All right. Uh, nothing against you guys. You're not doing the right amount of work and the right quality of work. I'm going to have to let you go. You can work two weeks if you need it. I said, I'm, I'm happy to give you a reference. You're just not the right fit for where we're going. And that's, that's tough. Yeah, it is. It's hard. And you know, Luckily, most of them were um, didn't have families like like they weren't supporting kids at home. Exactly, they don't have which made it a lot easier. Because uh, well, not not only that, once you have a family at home and you have like I, I've said it for years, once you have that family, you have the the house payment, the car payment, your drive doubles. You oh, instantly yeah, know that you need to bust your fucking ass in order to make things work. Yeah, so those are typically yeah, I mean, the good ones. The day like a year before I moved into my house in 2018. And I built that house personally and nights and weekends. And it was like a six month window from May of 18 to November of 18. And I moved in and then this happens like three months later. So I'm like fresh into a mortgage, uh, just bought a new truck personally. And now looking back on it, I was like, shit, I shouldn't have bought that truck. Cause I could have wrote it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so looking back at it, I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I do this? But then, you know, it all pans out. So does it really, does it really matter? So you dealt with, a, I mean, you walked into this with a negative balance. You laid off half the people that weren't doing the, the work good enough. How were you able to kind of just get everybody high? How, how did you continue from there and start going upwards rather yeah. than just keeping it going so down? So I bought the business officially turned over to me on the, it was like June 10th, I believe was the exact date. I don't, again, I have to look back at the sale agreement on the 10th, the day I finalized and got all the paperwork signed and everything was legal and it was mine. I sat my entire crew down and I told them, I said, listen, we have a lot of work to do. I need it to be top notch. If anybody needs a raise, I need to know right now for it to be top notch. If you need more time, I need to know now because we were up against a bunch of deadlines we were doing an institutional job 
for a nonprofit uh, girls and boys camp. And they have like a elementary school there. And we were doing a passive house there, which was the biggest project we'd ever done. It was like almost a million dollars. And that deadline was hard because school was opening and it was for mm -hmm. teachers oh, to live wow. in. And I was like, we need to get this done and it needs to be on point. And all the guys were like, yep, no problem. We'll put our heads down and grind it out. And they all did. We spent two weeks straight punch listing that house. And we got there at 6 a.m. And we left anywhere from 1 to 3 a.m. for six weeks. So you guys hammered down on the place. We hammered down. And I mean, I had guys working Saturdays. They were working Sundays and every one of them. But it wasn't a, I need you guys to grind and I'm going to sit in the office. It was, a, I need you guys to grind. I'm going to go to this job site. You're my right-hand guy. You go to that job yeah. site and let's crush it and call me at lunch and see what's up. Because if we need stuff, I can give you a laborer to go get materials, whatever. So we just need to grind. It sounds like you instantly took over and just made it more of like a big family rather than just like this. You work for me. hundred percent. I, I have not missed one of my guys, kids birthdays since I took over the business. That's, That's amazing. Man. Awesome. Dude, and you said at the beginning of the show too, or, or maybe this was the pre-conversation to the podcast is like, you're an amazing communicator and the way that you sat your guys down and said, look, this is exactly what we need to do over the next couple of months. Cause everybody would have probably been freaked out and they're like, okay, Cameron wants to go this way, but we're not even sure if we're going to get laid off like the last half yeah. of the crew anyways. Well, and so that was probably the biggest help for them. I mean, try, try telling a bunch of traditional carpenters that we're going to go do a modern bit, a modern build. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure that's a, a little flip flop for them too. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were doing a no overhangs, uh shed style, like two pitch shiplap on the outside, two by eight wall, six inches of foam completely different build completely so, different drywall returns everywhere no base you know we had we had jamie verdura on the podcast a while back and his communications about the same he was he was telling us that when shit hit the fan early covid days like march of 2020 that he he brought everybody together and unfortunately some people did get laid off if i remember correctly but the rest of them he told them like we're we're gonna work through this like we're deemed essential like we can do this Mm -hmm. And I, I think he said some of them stayed home and did the whole unemployment thing, but the rest of them hammered down. And that's how he pulls through is being able to talk to his team. Like they're actually a family rather than yeah. just a, a grip of employees. Yeah. So honestly, I think the biggest factor that led to, I'm going to call it the success, but to be totally honest, I still don't call myself successful is treating the guys, their people. First off, number yeah. one, they're human. Number two, they have families. They need to see them. Yeah. They should at least have the time to be able to see them. Mm -hmm. And you need to treat them with respect always. And I try really hard not to yell at anybody ever, even if it's like a super problem. And it does. It does nothing. Yeah. No, yelling does nothing except make it worse or make them not want to work uh, hard for the rest of the day. Yeah. So it, it'll kill the whole day, especially if they have a rhythm going, it'll kill the whole day. It'll kill so, everybody's day too. Yeah. Without not a doubt. That one Mine, person. the office, everybody. So we try not to do that, but um, keeping that all in line was, was big. Oh, was I bet. Huge actually. Cameron, Cameron, I, I got a question. So when you were, let's just call it like the, the rebuilding phase, you mm -hmm. had to lay off half the guys, you continue forward. You had deadlines to meet. How long was this rebuilding phase for you total to, yeah. to where I, to where I wanted to be or to where yeah. we were starting to, to like get out of the hole, get out of the hole. It was a little over a year and a half. And how much debt did you end up paying back? 
I ended up paying back like close to 400. Holy shit. Yep. You, so, you bought a lake house. <laughs> pretty much. I no would rather way. have the lake house. <laughs> hey, the next year or two, that's your lake house. No doubt. I'm curious, what were your biggest struggles? I mean, I, I know that the whole fucking thing was a struggle from the sound of it, but like entire thing. Once, once you were rolling and it was like, we're not thinking about that guy anymore. We're a business. We're established. What were your biggest struggles in business? And did anything, I mean, from the time that you took over until now, is there anything that you just thought like, fuck, I'm giving up? Um, yeah, I mean, I had plenty of plenty of days that I wanted to give up. Um, and to be totally honest, the reason that we kind of pushed through and made it through uh, has actually nothing to do with me. Uh, I... I just couldn't see my, all my guys during that, that time period, they literally poured like I'm talking heart and soul into the company. And, you know, when I sit there and I'd be like, yeah, I should just throw in the towel here and like be up against it. I mean, I had, I had one month that actually the day I almost gave up before it started. Well, let's put it that way. Um, so I took over the business. It was a Wednesday. I officially owned it on Friday. The IRS seized everything that was in my bank accounts. And they locked it up tight, like gone, all of it. Payrolls on Fridays for us. Yeah. And it was gone. So you had nothing. I had nothing. And uh, uh, my wife and I have an emergency fund credit card that's got like a stupid high interest rate. And called her up and I said, hey, what's the limit on that card? She's like, why? And I was like, I need to hire an attorney right now. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, they took everything. She's like, Okay what does the attorney have to do with this? I can get it back today. I talked to them already. I need to give them 10 grand and they'll have the money back in my account before the, before payroll, before anybody tries to cash their check. And she's like, okay, put it on the account, put it on the card. And we put it on the card and that got paid back like last year. $10,000 at like a 38% interest rate. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. It was like 19, yeah. but yeah, still 19. Sure. I, 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 I get, I get, what, I get what you money. mean. I was just throwing some stupid number <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. That, it that's was fucking 78%. Um, if they want to sponsor this podcast, they're more than welcome to. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. We're going to hammer for all of us. Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. That's definitely yeah. something that'll put yeah. you in like a, a position where it's fight or flight and yeah. fuck most Without people want to give up. Yeah, and we had a couple jobs that, you know, I, um, we had one actually same, same nonprofit institutional job that was seven buildings and we had seven months to build them. It was a girl's summer camp. And uh, I looked at the plans wrong. This was another, I should just give up moment. I looked at the plans wrong and I ordered the exterior trim it was 15,000 linear feet and I ordered the wrong material and Holy I painted shit. it. Oh, and so I was out like, it was like 60 or 70 K hit. And, uh, I literally sat in this office, actually in this office, in this chair, uh, till like 10 30 at night, one night. And I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to make that money back. And I don't know how the hell I'm going to pay the lumber yard because I had to reorder the other material. Yeah. So I ate the first that. order and then had to eat the second order too. And, uh, that was one of those moments where I was like, Oh shit. And, but uh, we've always took the mindset of make sure your guys are paid before you. That was a huge, like, that's a real thing. If anybody's listening to this and they like are struggling, make sure your guys are paid because they're going to make your money back for you. Like, deal you know, with a week without a check. Speaking, speaking kind of on that note, I'm, I'm in a, a 
group on Facebook called Frame the World, I think it is. Yeah, I'm in that group. And my Lord, I see some of these guys and they're posting and they're employees and they're like, hey, you know, is it normal for me to not get paid until the boss gets paid? Like, I don't get paid on Fridays. I, I don't get paid by I just saw that. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, if you're not getting paid, and this is for everybody listening as well, if you are not getting paid on a set day, like clockwork, you then have risk in that business and deserve profit share, like profit sharing of some sort. Yeah. Because totally. you are no longer just being paid for your hours as an employee. It's a completely, as a business owner, that is your risk. Hey, I might not get paid. A check might get delayed. As an employee, that should never be a thing that happens. No, your your money should be, like like you said, like clockwork. That, I mean, that my post. my guys know that Friday at noon their checks are in the in their box. Yeah, I mean, so the the keys to rebuild though, hire your weakness, always, find guys that you can one trust, two will respect your job site and respect what you say and the clients. Get yourself a CPA, which I don't have one in house, but I have an accountant that literally does everything remotely for us weekly yeah. and, and just retain a lawyer. Retaining a lawyer was something I held off on for a long time and I shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. That was stay, like, stay ready for to, anything up to like a year ago. Yeah. And like your, your contract, you should never send a contract out without a lawyer reading it. Yeah. Cause so, there's, there's loopholes that you're going to get screwed on. Where are you at today? What are you building? How are these like, what, if you don't mind getting into it, what are you pulling a year? I mean, this is ultimately like the, the rags to riches story. Like you went yeah, totally absolutely. Nothing. Where are you at today with this business? How many people are you employing? What so are things looking like for you? I can give you the last four years of financials. If you want to know, that would be awesome. All right. So cool sharing it. The, the year I took over the year I took over, we did $400,000 for the year. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure we, we used all of that money to pay debts pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I got, 52 weeks in a year, I might've got 10 paychecks that first year. Maybe. Damn. Yeah. Uh, 2020, I doubled. So I went to 900. And that was a, that was like our big, like we're coming out of it. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause basically what I did was we were doing a lot of homeowner work and very little architect driven work, like very little. And as we were like kind of growing, I was like, I'd bring my computer home at night and just do like research. Yeah. And so I was on, I was like cold emailing architects and I was like, listen, this is what we do. I'd love to work with you. If you, you know, need uh, a third builder to do any RFPs, just shoot them my way. I'm happy to price it. If we get the job, great. If not, at least we helped you. Yeah. Like giving value to them right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And that, by itself carried me into the doubling year because now almost everything we do is architect driven i would say 98 percent of our work is architect driven so what that third year look like then for you so third year 2021 mm-hmm. 1.1.3 where are you at with with this year i'm 2-2 this year to date that where do you want to be awesome. next well uh, next year next year i'm hoping to be at five so you're planning on oh, doubling from here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and that's all architect driven work. Yeah. yeah. It's all architect driven work. And when you look at it by the square foot cost, so 2019, we were doing work for like a buck 20 a square foot, like 120 bucks. And 2020, we kind of moved into the 200 ballpark. 
2021, I went into the 300 ballpark. Uh, no, backwards. 2020, I went into 300 ballpark. 2021, I started going into the $500 ballpark. And I've pretty much consistently stayed there. And I will say I have, I have one project currently like under contract, foundation in the ground that was right around $700 square foot. No shit. Wow. And that is such a beautiful number. And to top all this off, and we didn't really talk about it, is uh, we were having a huge issue. And a lot of our warranty shit was all on manufactured cabinets. So we had, there was two garage bays next door, three garage bays next door to our office. So I rented one of them because it was separate. And I went out and on a whim, just bought, like financed all this cabinet equipment and took one of my laborers and was like, listen, I'm going to work with you for two weeks. We're going to show you how to build boxes. Oh, no, you're going to build this kitchen. You're going to build these cabinet boxes. And that kid's been in there since that day. And he's my cousin, which is super easy to deal with. But I've since moved out of that bay, moved into the other two bays. It's a 3,000 square foot shop. But we've got a full cabinet shop over there. I've got two guys working in it. And we crank out, you know, four or 500 linear feet a year. So you have everything done in-house as far as cabinets now. Except for finishing. That is yeah. freaking awesome. We did we did do finishing in house, but um, I kept I ran into a bad batch of uh, primer. Okay. And I ended up having to spend like forty grand site finishing, site repairing. So I was like, you know what, we're gonna send that out, outsource that, so that it's on somebody yeah. else's warranty, not mine. Might as well. Uh, yeah, and it's you know it's a little bit of a trek, but yeah, we have a cabinet shop in house. That so, is freaking awesome. Yeah, it, and also all my carpenters, all my carpenters are in house. It like I know this is gonna sound really stupid right now because obviously we're talking about this, but like just hearing your story from like taking everything over, like you're still like if I had to guess without knowing your age right now, I would say you're mid 30s and it's like it's been this 10-year trek of taking things over. And right. you fu- you don't stop working, do you? No, not really. She got not the really. two phones. I, just, I got the two phones, you know. Yeah, we talked about that. You got <laughs> yeah. two phones. Kevin Gates over here. Oh uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. I uh that's, that's it's respectable. A hard, it's a hard break off. Uh there's definitely not there's not a balance. It's that it's an integration. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's anybody that says that they can do a work-life balance is, is lying to you or they're lying to themselves. Everybody seems to talk about that. How do you create that balance? It's not a balance. I was just it's gonna just, ask it's not, it's an it's integration. just making things work and like so, yeah. Cameron, how about when you're going through the rebuilding phase? What yeah. was that whole phase? for you personally because i want to get into kind of where you're at now but personally i mean that that's a lot of weight to wear for a year year and a half yeah it was i mean honestly we'll, we'll, we should call it two years because there was still all right we'll call it two. some bumps yeah but uh it was a lot of weight um honestly if i if my wife wasn't there i, I wouldn't have made it so mm-hmm. she would she would could tell i mean she's really good at, at reading me and my kind of like emotions and i I'm not afraid to talk about my emotions on any platform. Yeah. But uh, I would come home and she would be able to tell that either it was a good week or a bad week. Like, and it got to the point where there were so many bad weeks during that rebuild. We're on the uphill, by the way. Like we're climbing out of the hole. Yeah. 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 But it's like so much weight and stress and uh, trying to figure out a way to cope with it without underwater. 
yeah, without like going off the deep end, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. alcohol is not going to fix it. Drugs aren't going to fix it. They're going to make it worse. I am glad yeah. you recognize that because so, the story would be different right now if you did. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's like so many different coping mechanisms that you can deal with. And we, you know, we can dive into the alcohol and drugs in a little bit. But uh, she would be like, listen, do we need to go away for the weekend? And I was like, yes, 100%. And she would just, I wouldn't have to ask questions. She would just book it. Hell yeah. Mm. And then like Friday afternoon, we'd peace out, paychecks for the guys, go away for the weekend, come back, fresh reset, leave the work phone at home. There so we go. You can't check your email. And then, you know, come home Sunday night to the emails and be like, oh, mother. And <laughs> flip out on Sunday night. But for Friday and Saturday, it was good. That's a good so, support system to have. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't do is they, they just focus on the work too much. It carries them through the weekends. I've done it myself. And like, yeah. you, you never seem to get away from it. I, I can't you, even you have tell to you have that break. I can't tell you how many times I've sent an email at, at post 11 o'clock over after 11, I've sent so many emails, just, Oh, I'm up, you know, Friday night or whatever. I'm up. I'm going to go to bed now. Oh, I better check my work phone real quick. And then see the email and then you stop and you're like, can that wait till Monday? Well, I already got my phone open. I might as well send it. And then they yeah. send one back and you're like, and then you're in a conversation. And yeah. Now like, I'm in shit. it. So it's like, damn. So I get to the point now where I turn my phone off on the weekends, the work phone go. turns off. It has to, but that's not a bad way of doing it, but we're at a point now where we can do that. Yeah. So there's, there's a time period where it's like, if you're going to do it, and it's, I would say, even if you're not, even if you're not starting at a negative, if you're going to do it, you're going to be all in for a while. And then that's up to you, you know, kind of where you want to end with the business, like what your goal is as to how long that has to be that way. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, if you're a carpenter and you're trying to turn 50K a year, I mean, six months, you could, you could turn your phone off on the weekends. Yeah. But if you're a one man show and you want to turn, you know, 300K, you probably ought to leave your phone on. You might you be working might, the weekends you, too. You might want to send that text back. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's hard. And I mean, I don't, I'm not rich. I don't, I don't make a killing, but you, you got a bass boat that you invited me on. Hey, ease up, man. Yeah, I do. There yeah. we go. That was like my one. So I was telling you guys off, off air, but like, that's like my, for 10 years, I've looked at bass boats. I've literally looked at them for 10 years and I never bought one. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it this year. And to be totally transparent, it was, that was a side thing, but I, uh, I lost my father last Christmas and that was, that that. was me. That was like, I need something to keep my mind off of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So fishing did that for me. So that was, that's my coping mechanism for that, that grief. Um, and you know, my, my father was a big part of my life, but, um, that was hard and that helped me through that kind of it was like six months later but i was like i'm just gonna buy a basketball i get, i want it i'm gonna do it might as well you don't know how long you have so no tomorrow tomorrow is not promised right exactly it's so. much more uh positive coping mechanism too yeah yeah there's definitely a negative ones that you could have done i'm sure you've learned god a hell of a lot of things over the last couple of years um too much more than i want I mean, you've, you've definitely went through hell. It's the whole like David and Goliath story. Um, sure. Are there a few key lessons that just changed everything for you? Like if you were to look back 
two years ago and you're like, wow, I'm so glad that I made this decision or this habit or leaned on someone to get through this point. Because I, hearing you talk today, I mean, you seem like very well-rounded. Your communication is very tight with not only your family, but your crew and everything. But are there some other key things that you did that, I mean, most people, they don't want to go through this process of negative $400,000 in debt. Sure, sure. Walk most through the fire and run. be able to come out of that. Like, what was the biggest learning lesson and what were some of those key decisions where um, your character was tested and you came out even better? Yeah, so the biggest one I actually didn't see uh, I had to be told about it, which is everybody's going to have blind spots. Like it's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was spending probably 50 hours a week in the office doing the office, like clerical work, yeah. whether it be billing or estimates or payroll, paying subs, anything. And I saw that and actually COVID opened my, opened our eyes to this was that my wife worked at a bank and she was in the loan department at the bank and um, they switched to remote working. So she was able to help me with the office work for a bit. And I kind of just looked at her one day and I was like, you should just come on the books like full time. And we were staying originally for health insurance and I priced mm-hmm. it out and it was like 30 bucks a month more for us to buy private healthcare. So I'm like, you should just come on the books full time and I'll pay you a salary. And so she made the jump and that was, cheat sheet i got all that cheat sheet man it's only got like six words on it i'll show you after i do that with my <laughs> with my kids names when i go out in public uh yeah <laughs> this one this one is avery You're it right. helps me a lot uh, so she came on I, she's gonna kill me because i don't actually remember exactly it was like october 2020 so she's been with you for two years now coming up on two yeah well almost two yeah exactly mm-hmm. And yeah. how has that has that switch been beneficial? I mean, she's taken over the the paperwork side of things. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she's way way better. My parents always used to tell me that I couldn't have twenty bucks in my pocket because it'd burn a hole in it, and it's true. And I I was definitely not the I'm definitely not the best person with money, but uh, better than others. And she's way better than me. Like she runs my personal finances, obviously through our household. But she runs a business finance to the point that I don't have a login anymore to the business oh. banking. Oh, I don't sorry. even look at it. She's a gatekeeper. That's good. Yeah, I don't even have to know. She's she's like office manager, accountant, controller. She does all our estimates. Support um, system for you. All, yeah, all I have to do is the all I have to do is take off for the estimate. That's awesome. I do the material takeoff and I give her labor numbers. And she does all of like the pretty presentation for the client. That's all her. Yeah. That's awesome. She does all our billing. Uh, She pays all the subs. It's, it's great. And And the best part about that is you could pay her less because you're married to her. She has no choice. (laughs) I'm fucking kidding. Yeah. You said that. I was like, Oh my God, did he just, that took a second for you to (laughs) get it. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I got it. I got it for sure. No, she, uh, she actually got, she's probably underpaid for what she does. And uh, Did she make more a... than when she worked at the bank. Yep, that's awesome. There we go. Matters. Yeah. yeah, she makes more. She works less hours, which is good for even better everything. Yeah, um, you know. So if I want to go do something, she's available. Because if I have time, she's probably available. You know, the cool but... part about that is, is that not not that working together is always the best option, but you guys know each other's schedules. You know, if something's coming up, like like you're saying, you're able to plan. Oh, dude, she does my whole schedule. I I honestly 
so I'll meet with somebody or I'll take a phone call and I'm not the best at putting it down. I'm very good at staying in communication with somebody. Yeah. But it's, and I'm, it's weird. I'm really good at putting together systems for the field, but like, if you wanted me to put it on my Google calendar, it's not going to happen. There's no way. So I'll take a phone call and be like, all right, you got a meeting with the architect on uh, Wednesday at 10 and I'll be on the phone with them on the work phone. And I'll be texting on my personal phone, like, uh, meeting with Witten Architects, 10 a.m. and blah, 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 address. And I before I'm off the phone, I get an email notification that's on my calendar. There we go. Because she'll do it from wherever she is. I mean, she could be at she could be at Starbucks and she's putting it in the calendar on her phone. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's all there, and it's there for all the guys to see because it's on that schedule. So they so know that you're busy and they're, they're my able guys to know that I'm busy. So that if they need anything, they can text me. Don't call me. So, that's so that my phone's not like going off like crazy. So it's, it's super, super good. That was one big one. Um, the other one, as I would say, is learning when to delegate. That's a big decision, but we have to like, you have to go all in. You can't like delegate 20%. Yeah. You have to delegate a hundred or nothing. Because if you're just going to delegate like 50% of the task, it'd be like laying out a wall and then not putting it together or like laying the wall out and then having somebody else put it together and be like, yeah, you laid out the wall. Yeah. No, you didn't. So no one's going to learn if you don't give them the opportunity. I like that. So are you implementing systems as well for your employees? I know you mentioned that just a bit. Like, are you gauging where people are best put and making it to where everybody's yes. efficient? Yes. Without a doubt. And how do you um, do that? Honestly, that's all trial and error. And honest, like, so like the groups of crews, like we've mixed and matched crews. So I know that if we're going to do Cedar Shingles, I know I'm going to send employee A and employee B to mm -hmm. that job because they're really good at running shingles. Whereas if we're doing exterior trim, I might be sending two different guys. But I got you. I try to pair them together so that they're not necessarily both strong at one specific task. Yeah. So like they're a well-rounded crew. Um, yeah, they're other than it's usually it's two. usually a three-man crew. So okay. mm -hmm. I try to round them out so that one crew can stay on the job like through. Um, so that's the goal, is it because a lot of times, and my guys take a lot of pride, and I didn't really realize how much pride they took until one of them called me and was like, Hey. We're, we're currently building a 6,500 square foot house and the guys that are framing it and siding it and trimming the outside, they called and we're like, Hey, listen, I know you said that you're going to have um, the other crew trim this house. We don't want them trimming it. We want to trim it. Like we, we want to see it through to finish. And I know that might mess up schedule a little bit, but if that's possible, can we do that? That's awesome. And it's like, yeah, of course. Like if you guys want to trim it, go for it. They're taking that initiative and showing that they really do care. Yeah. Yeah. That's and they huge. want, they want it to be done. I mean, they've taken so much time to make that house like on point. That's it's the best house we've ever built. That's awesome. And, and it should be, it, it should be that way. Every time you build like your houses should get better and better and better. And the second that you stop trying to improve, you, you might as well close your business doors. Yep. Cause it's all over. And how, how many, uh, employees did you say you have now cameron so if you if you count myself and my wife we're all 10 we're 10 because i 10? have one full two full son 
two full-time yeah. subs, nine employees. Okay. That's yeah. a pretty good number to be at right now. I'm about there myself and it seems to work out pretty good. You have enough to take on more work and you're still able to keep producing. Yeah. I, um, maybe two more guys and that would be it. I wouldn't go past that 13 number again. Um, it just Why's gets that? too, it gets too wild. There's, there's not enough. I got, a, I got no good line for that. That's not going to be considered offensive. I feel that. Yeah. There's like, there's not enough chiefs. Yeah. There's way too many Indians. See, I had the, I had the reverse problem not too long ago. I had too many chiefs and not enough Indians. No, and... I definitely don't have that. I have, I have a couple guys that are, I consider leads, but yeah. they're like their job title is just carpenter. I got you. There's, I don't, I don't have a lead role in my company in the system at all. Really? No, it goes PM carpenter. Oh, laborer. wow. That's it. You got two categories. Okay. So we, we run, I mean, similar, we have leads, we have carpenters and then we've got laborers. So it yeah. seems to work out good that way for us, but yeah, I, I just I, did the, I did the no lead. I took the lead out because I was having issues with the laborers not listening to the carpenter because they weren't the lead. Okay. I gotcha. So it became an issue of, well, his title, his swings a little lower than mine. So I'm not going to listen to that. Like, yeah, I, I, I get what it drives me nuts, man. Yeah. And it's like, if you do it as they all have the same job title and like, after you've been in there for like two years and you prove yourself, like if you can lay out a wall, you're considered a carpenter in my book. Yeah. Uh, and you, you lay it out successfully, you know, <laughs> where the studs stack on the joists and then the rafters stack on the studs and That's everything works. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got to put the 3068 door in and the, the openings actually 38 and a half and not 36 and a half. I, not to get off topic, but my story times are always um, something else. I'm so uh, excited. We, <laughs> I've told too many stories with you guys in the last two days. Um, we recently got this kid. He was, he's great. Um, I shouldn't call him a kid. He's like, I think he's 38, but he feels like a kid to me because of where he was at. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's a kid unless you're like journeyman or lead in my eyes. Um, anyways, we're, we're framing these walls. We're massive home, but we're framing interior walls, right? And this kid, it was his first day on the job with us. And he's framing these walls and we lay out as much info on the plates as we can to where carpenters don't have to worry. And it, it gave him his, his trimmer numbers, his header and his top cripples. And he kept asking, he asked three different times, what are my bottom cripple numbers? And I'm like, bro, you're inside. Like, hoping that he would get the hint like we're not putting windows on the inside of the home right there is no and no he asked people. he asked three different times and i finally told him i was like listen how many times have you installed windows on the interior of a home i said i i, I haven't seen it much in my career like it, it's a it's a door buddy like i don't know what you're going with he, he didn't last long he I didn't got, end up I, sticking around i got one with a window in the inside right now do you yeah i've I feel, had some I'm feeling a little little called out Oh my gosh. <laughs> How is that window placed? Is it strategic? Is it looking good? It's in the second floor into the cathedral living room. Oh, see, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. There's a desk built in right in front of it. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, this was like, it, it was clear as day a door. And I do the same thing, like all my, all my layouts. So I've seen guys, actually our guys have all laid out different ways. And I'm like, listen guys, this is how you're laying out. Yeah, because yeah, it's going to lay out the exact same on every house. So you do both sides of the stud, 
you label it. If it's a regular comma, you just do big ass X. If it's yep. a king, you put a king. Uh, you don't have to put a number next to it because it doesn't matter. Jack, I wanted to say J, and I yep. wanted to say the length. Yep. And then cripples, if it's a window, I want to know the cripples. And then in between it, when I'm laying the plates out, I write down the you know window A, and then header is this big and it's this material and then sills uh, this many and at this length and then the cripples are this and that it it's takes like, out all the guesswork i do the whole cut list before we break ground yeah no it's the best way to so, do it you yeah, know everything like, at that point they were pouring the floor at the 6500 they were pouring the, the slab and i had one guy on site and he cut the whole house in two days that's awesome and like then you one get out guy, there and, you start and I don't know how many good. freaking batteries he went through. Too many. But yeah, <laughs> he's just sitting there like slicing. And I was like, hmm. when I showed up to look at the lumber delivery, I was like, oh my God. And I allotted him two days to cut this. And it was three boom trucks worth of lumber. And I was like, he's screwed. There's no way. There's no way he's going to get it done. And he pulled it off. Yeah, he pulled it all off. He cut like 700 studs in two days. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, That's let's a go. keeper right there. Yeah, like he, he didn't get his window packages together, but he got them all labeled. Yeah. So like like window A jack, which really didn't have to do that because all the jacks the same height, but yeah. Still, it's a good method to get into. Um, but that's that's one system we've definitely incorporated is the cutlass. And I like the fact that I've I've always told my guys, if you see me mess something up, call me out. Like if, if you're looking at it and you're saying that RO is 55 inches tall, but the window says 56 and a quarter, like just call me up, tell me I'm an asshole and that I gave you the wrong measurement and then fix it. You know, I got, I got this right hand man. He, he goes by Fox. Um, his name's Matt as well. I've worked with this dude for the last 10 years. And this man to this day will still not tell me when I'm doing something wrong and it bugs the shit out of me because all <laughs> oh, no, my guys up. my guys will tell me all day. They'll be like, Everybody else will tell me, but Fox still to this day will not. No. And then we'll get to the end of it and Did you hey, beat him up one uh, time? Oh no, I never never touched no. the guy. He's no. he's really small, so I'd feel like I was beating up huh. a child. It would it would feel bad. But have to beat my right hand guy hen. My god. Hen. I, I screw up all the time. My head is yeah. all over the place. So like it happens quite often and he'll, he never says anything. And then I'll get to the end. Hey, that, that header is at the wrong elevation. I'm like, you fucking asshole. You knew it was <laughs> Say it while I'm building the thing. I didn't oh, want man. it. You were, you were in the zone. I'm in the wrong zone, but <laughs> right, right. Lord. Well, there's, what's that saying? Uh, doesn't matter. Mistakes happen. It's how you react. Yeah, no, it, it is. It really matters. And it's true. I mean, I uh, actually there's uh three lifts of open joists sitting at my job site because I inched them. Oh, I mean, that's a big mess up on my end. And my guys like went to put it in. I did the cut because I've got like the big foot with the chainsaw. Yeah. And I cut through the whole lift. We took the measurement, cut through it, realized that the because um, it was a hundred foot tape because it was a big run, realized that the tab was flipped out. So it was an inch short uh... of the measurement. And I had cut. 60 of them and my guys went to put it in and they dropped like between the hangers and i was like oh shit and of course i'm like would you guys give me the wrong measurement like joking and they're like no dude you measured that i was like "Ah, you're right i did i did and they're like yeah so like what do you want us to do i was like i don't know man i just cut eight thousand dollars wrong yeah you know they're like they're like what i was like yeah those are two grand a lift man i just cut four lifts 
Jesus Christ. I mine wasn't as serious and it just happened recently. So I feel the need to share it. But I Yeah, this was like six months ago. It wasn't that long. Mine wasn't that long either, but I do story polls as soon as we freaking want to start cutting packages. And I've I'll typically frame out a window because like we're doing recessed windows quite often. So I have to overframe different ways. And I got my bottom cripple number and I'm like, I think this is right. Let me let me run through it and make sure. Before I know it, I got this guy that's, he's all about just getting shit done. He comes over with the beam saw. I'm on the other side of the job site. This place is massive. And I hear that beam saw fire up and I'm like, shit. So I'm over there scrambling to lay this thing out. I'm like, it's right. It's right. Well, my number was an inch off too short. So my window openings are all an inch too big. I'm going to pat it out and it'll work out. But he cut like two, two units of freaking studs. And I'm like, well. There's no growing an inch on these bad boys. So right. it happens. Nope, I mean, do it. it's like you're saying, you'd it's be all better, about you'd be better how... off just to cut another half inch off and put a second, uh, third. Exactly. Set. But yeah. then I would look like I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, it would look wrong. I got to pat it out a different way to where nobody knows, but it's all so, about how you react. Everybody. Every, I mean, everybody reacts different. Yeah. Pack it, pack it out with a Vantech. It'll look proper. You know, that's my plan as of right and now. Tape it. Yeah. Yep. That's Clean. the plan. Let's kind of finish up here for the younger listeners. We have quite a few of them. Um, what are some main pieces of advice here that you would give them? Oh, Say they're geez. fresh into a business. Is it it's fresh into a business or fresh into like trades? Not necessarily fresh into the trades. I'm saying like that transition phase from like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I could frame some shit. Like yep. what's that next step? Like, obviously not about like getting licensed, but we don't have licenses here. Oh shit. Not, not so, the, California so that's anymore. not it good lobsters, that's not it no licenses yeah good lobsters no license man what a place yeah. does it snow there too <laughs> it does oh fuck yeah it snows it was 38 a lot. today right 38 yeah it's 38 this morning it was 62 yeah. on my instagram story then i thought it was cold um but no where you check your weather no oh, i was instagram, story, instagram. Yeah. he's doing <laughs> geography exactly you post a story and then bring up the uh the temperature like oh 62 today <laughs> call me Dave Hubby. filter but no, do you do you recommend taking on debt in the the early phases? Do you recommend buying brand new equipment? Like what? No, no, do I definitely don't do that. So like, if you were to look, if they were to look at my page, right, or if they looked at my like my Instagram, right, yeah, or even just like drove by my job site, they're gonna be like, oh man, I want that because there's like the new the Magni, the oh. Magni sitting there, right don't 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 uh don't stretch yourself like you need to be able to pay their payments if you sign up for the payment you have to be able to pay it yeah so if you're just starting out why have a payment that you could be kind of keeping in reserve uh if i could do it again I, would i still buy the law the like the man lift and the the magni the magni i would definitely buy i should have bought that sooner but that's a big pill to swallow today's episode is sponsored by magni america yeah, right. For real. If they want to send me another free one, I'll take it. Me too. Yeah, just our first free one. That'd be fine. There we go. I'd also be all right with just a bucket. If they want to send me the bucket attachment, that'd be fine. Or maybe just get your attachments to you. Yeah. Yeah. Or get my attachments to me because, uh, let's see, I've had the machine for two months and still don't have the attachments. There you go. Yeah. Bought a new car with no wheels. Yeah. Or a t shirt. A t shirt would be cool. <laughs> you know, anything. <laughs> Sticker. Oh, but uh, no, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do big expenses like that. If you need a machine, rent it. Yeah. But uh, the machines, I think, actually, I know Garrett just realized it, but having a telehandler on site is so much safer when the oh, person knows how to run it. Yeah. 
it's so much safer. And I would say don't don't be afraid to take a job that's bigger than what you can truly handle if you know the people that you can hire to do it. Yeah. So that's my thing is like you gotta you gotta be confident in what you do. And if you're not confident in it and you can't find somebody who is, don't do it. Yeah. That makes sense. Like if you don't know how to the first thing about tiling, don't do a bathroom remodel. Especially if you don't have a tile sub. Yeah. Like you're gonna butcher that. Like there's shit all over IG of bad tile jobs. Oh yeah. No, there there definitely is. Yeah. So that's big. I they definitely need to hire an accountant of some sort. Like your accountant should be your best friend in my mind. Maybe you might have a different view on that, but I I don't. No, not really. No, like my accountant is not expensive. Like you're going to be like, well, I'm paying that, but I could do it myself. Yeah, but she's going to do it right on time. And it's going to be great. I think everybody goes through that phase of like, I could do it myself. It's going to cost this much, but you pay the same way that you push like, hey, don't frame your own house. Let me frame your house for you. Like we know what we're doing. You're doing that, but in a different aspect of something else. And that, that's never a good idea. 100%. And I, as think far I, as- I think I said it earlier, but like lawyer, first thing you should do, lawyer, and just pay them. Like they're not going to charge you a ton of money. Pay them to write a contract for you. Yeah. Hire an accountant. Give them a login to QuickBooks. Give them a login to your bank account. Ask them what you should be paying attention to because they'll tell you. Like they'll be like, hey, look, you made a lot of money this year. You need to spend it. Yeah, like like spend this much because otherwise you're just going to pay it out in taxes to touch on what you're talking about though with like the equipment thing um when we first got rolling we rented equipment every freaking month and it killed me because i'm like this is like three thousand plus dollars a month for a reach mm-hmm. lift to sit here i very early on ran over a freaking um six by six post base with a tire popped it um felt like a jackass didn't see it there um my pops was actually driving told him yep you can go forward more and then and that was freaking expensive, but mm-hmm. we, we rented the whole time and the months that we were down or that we didn't have a use for it. It was really nice because we didn't have to pay for it. Right. And exactly. Once, once we got to that phase where it was like, Hey, this thing's never going to stop working. We were able to buy it. It was paid outright and it still gets charged. And it's a beautiful thing because now yeah. it's making you money. It covers the expenses to travel all that. And it's right. actually a, a positive thing now. Yeah. So, but well, definitely yeah. we weren't ready for that in the beginning. No, the other thing you need to look at too, and this is like down the road, but when you're buying equipment and this is personal experience for me, so it might be different for everybody. Yeah. But I found that the best route to buy equipment is to go through a capital lease because you have a cheap buyout at the end, but you're able to write off the entire payment, just like rent. So you don't, it's not like, oh, I can deduct 10% because I paid 10% of the payment Yeah. or the value. It's you can write off your whole payment every month on a capital lease. Okay. So, and then at the end of the capital lease, which is like a five-year term, it's like $101. You buy it out. It's yours. So essentially it's a long-term rent to own with a pretty low finance rate, to be totally honest. That's pretty rad. Yeah. So it's, it's good, but like that, that Magni, for example, is not for everybody. Because uh, like, price I tag could, on it, definitely. I could buy two of my houses for the price of that Magni. But can your house do a 360? No, it can't. And I'm not exactly. going to lie. The second that that machine landed at my job site, I was in it just whipping circles. Dude, that Dude, thing is unreal. To. It is. It's crazy. Like mine, mine's small, 
but like Kyle at RR had that 639. I don't know if yep. you saw that on his stories. Yep. That that machine is insane. It's got like a 120 foot reach. It's a it's a freaking crane on steroids. Like, yeah, it, it really it's is amazing. And it's there's they're smart machines. Yeah. So like it won't you're supposedly you can't tip it over. We'll test it. Let me sure, know how we'll that goes. It. Yeah, we'll find out. I must have some sort of steel beam to set like 80 feet away and see if it tips. <laughs> Overextend but, the living shit out of it and just hope yeah, for the best. It, it won't let you. It'll freak really? out. Yeah, no, that machine will flip out. So like if you don't have your downriggers down, by the time you get to the third stage out, it freaks out because the boom angle is starting to tip. I got you. Mm-hmm. So it'll just pop up on the screen and it'll pop up and say boom angle. And then the machine will just like kill the hydraulics. So you, so you, they really made it to where you can't fuck it up. I think you've got to be like extended out, driving down a hill with all the weight in front of you and like slam on the brakes in order to flip it over. Let me know how that goes for you. Yeah. I mean, I was going to see if we could do some like endos with it. I'll Ooh, film it. Just, nice. Yeah. Sweet. We'll just Great content. Yeah. We got, uh, I got one last question before you, before we jump into the, uh, the fast five, um, Cameron, fast you're five. You oh, aren't yeah, even ready five. for it. You're not ready. Nobody's Son ready for the Fast Five. Um, fast Five, man. I'm so confused. Is that like Fast and the Furious? Oh, it's better than that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sweet. It's a family. What are they on like? Are, are they on like Fast Nine or Eleven? They're the Fast. What? Fast? Is it Fast Eleven? They're trying to beat iPhone. My gosh. They're trying <laughs> to beat iPhone. Trying to catch like up that. to iPhone. Neck and neck. Yeah. Um, Cameron, you're almost at your ten year goal. What is the ten year goal now? I don't know, man. I really don't know. Uh, so I, I have like a bucket list, right? I think everybody that goes into business should create this bucket list before they start. I really do. Like, if you don't have any goals, you're not going to go anywhere. The period, right? So I had a goal. I had like a bucket list in my head. I had architects that I want to work with. Mm. They are local to me. Like, obviously, there's some that come from out of state. So, but. I knew the architects I wanted to work with. I pressured. I made it so that they knew me. You know what I mean? So that was the one bucket list. I want to do a house with an elevator really bad, like really bad. And one of the ones that I got a phone call about Friday has an elevator in it. Let's go. So I'm like, sweet. It's also got like 400 feet of cabinets. So that's sweet for the cabinet shop. I don't know, man. I really, that's hard because I have a whole bunch of stuff going in the background right now. Mm-hmm. so because like i'm getting i'm getting ready to set up a holdings company because i would love to do some specs or rent or build to rents yeah just for passive mm-hmm. um it's kind of weird because i've got i've bought so much random equipment now that i could basically start an excavation and site work company with what i have well like I, I have an excavator you did it with cabinets i think you could do it with that yeah well and i have i have past experience with with the excavation side which i think my excavation subs hate me for because i will i will call them out so fast i'll be like dude your foundation holes like five inches out of level what the fuck <laughs> like come back here and fix this shit i'm pouring tomorrow oh you are so great this yeah. is awesome um man 10 year goal i don't even know uh 52 million no i don't think that's I don't think up here is feasible. I think honestly, I think 10 million would be like really pushing the boundaries up here. It's a good for start. A year. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 10 million. We'll say that for a 10-year goal. Because going I like from that. I think going from five to getting to five next year would be huge. But I think going from five to ten is a big jump. 
That's a lot of yeah. progression. There. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, root, I'm rooting for you to hit that five. That's going to be your 30th year. Yeah. I'll drive your other bass boat. <laughs> I get a wake boat by then. There I'll we go. Take it out a, I'll take it out in a lump sum. There we go. Yeah. I'm just going to put a note in there. Call Matt Pinella. IRS comes knocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That'd we, be we, We've got some fun. Before we wrap up all of our episodes, we end it with our fast five. It's like the fast and the furious, but only five of them. Uh, these are five questions to be answered in a sentence or less. Oh, fun. <laughs> that, okay. that, was, that was not the enthusiasm we're looking for here, dude. I'm just, number, number one, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? Probably Greece. Okay. That's on like my that. list, too. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Number two, what's something most people do not know about you? Damn, bro. This is what the questions were for. Uh, I used to make really, really shitty YouTube videos. Fishing. Did you really? I did. Let's go. I did. See? Yeah. I love it. S- send us the link after. Are nah, they still up? Dude, nah, they're still up, dude. I actually just I'm gonna gonna fi- I'm I just got to check from YouTube, actually. Yeah, I, I like gave up on it. Like, actually, what kind of when videos I, were you making? Bass fishing videos. Oh, when, no I, when I went into <laughs> the trade, when I started working here, I was so drowning in work that I didn't, I don't have time to do it anymore. Oh, dude, we need to revive that. I'll collab with you. We start a bass dude, I got, fishing like, channel. When Let's I left it, this. it had like, I had just broken a thousand and I was like, dude, that's the biggest like fence in YouTube. Yeah, it is. It's hitting a thousand, and now it's like it's got like eighteen hundred subscribers right now. Heck yeah! I don't even know the logins. <laughs> it's been so long. Like my last one, I think was like my last video posted. I think was a live stream of me being like I'm buried in work. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was the last like, everybody heard of you. That's the that last sucks. everybody heard of me. Everybody's yeah. like, is he still working? We're gonna revive right. that man. That job must take a long time. Yeah, for real. No, number don't- three. Don't call him. Work vehicle of choice. Uh, like brand? Well, what do you drive? Oh, I drive yeah. a truck. I, I, I see but you as snow- like a Cummins guy. Wow, why are you going to be like that? Are you driving a Cummins? Yes, I'm driving a Cummins. <laughs> <laughs> you calling me out, man? Oh, my God. Jesus. Why well, you got to be a jerk? Yeah, I'm driving that. Am I good yeah, or am yeah. I good? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah, well, you got to have a truck because it, it snows here. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Call somebody else to plow your job sites? Hey man, can you plow my job site so my guys can work? <laughs> Call up Uber Plow. Yeah. Uber plow. Uber Plow. That's a good idea. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. You should trademark that before I do it. Oh, uh, number four, your one message to the next generation would be pay attention. And education is good, but it's not really, it doesn't beat passion or work ethic. There we go. Yeah. Number five, what does the term bread to build mean to you? Bread to build would be having the passion. You, you got to have the passion because if you don't have the passion, you're not doing it for anything. You know, I always, always liked architecture and stuff. So this is the longest sentence ever, by the way. So there's like a bunch of commas in it. It's a run on. It's okay. I it's got a you. run on. Yeah, for real. Like it's probably going to be like a paragraph. Having the passion to, to really take everything and like elevate it to the point that you, you want to say that it's built by you. Period 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 i love it semicolon because (laughs) (laughs) i think that's how you use a semicolon i'm not sure though because i pretty much flunked out of english slash i use it as an emphasizer yeah hyphen because if you just keep hyphening you can have as many words as you want 
Geography, geology, geometrics. No, geography hyphen geology hyphen geometrics. Good. This God. is why you hire a lawyer to do 100%. your contracts. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. When you well, have the wrong there in your contract, it's a problem. If we didn't have three of them, it wouldn't be so damn hard. Breck, close us out, my friend. Damn. Cameron, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the Bread to Build podcast. Before we let you off the hook, yeah, man. Where can people find and connect with you? Oh, so probably the easiest way would be on our Instagram, which is at Madomic Construction. M E D O M A K Construction. I love it. And if you're into bass fishing, uh, what's your YouTube channel? Jesus. Cameron Creamer Fishing, I believe. You know, real original name. I like it. Yeah. Do you have that trademarked? No, I should, though. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get that. So yeah, I'll talk to Hammer about it. Maybe, uh, maybe we could, you know, co-trade market. Get that Hammer sticker across the front. You used to drive an F-150. I used to drive an F-150. Where the hell are you? Yo, he's watching YouTube videos right now. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you getting the one where I'm like headed to the lake? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's probably my best one. Uh, Yeah. If this wasn't, you know, what's really bad? What's really bad is that my editing took like four hours for that. This title, my guy, you could like. If it was on a different website, I'd question things. Red Eye Shad gets destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, if I had any sort of effort into getting those made, I'd probably be all right. I think but, you'd be killing it. Dude, I spent like no money. I, I think I bought like a used GoPro 3 that was like 720p. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm doing this. Let's put the chesty on. Every, every time I put the chesty on, it would be like all the fish would fucking swim to the other end of the lake. You take the chesty off and you land like a five pounder, and then you put the chesty back on to like pull the five pounder out of the water, and it would like break the hook. Dude, you and I was like, dude, I can't wear the chesty anymore because every time I put the damn thing on, the fish run away. I'm sorry, guys, I got no content today. Oh, yeah, Lord. yeah. Just go up there and post like a selfie. Just be like, "Hey, listen, guys. So the chesty is cursed, and I don't know what to tell you other than I caught forty fish, but none of them were on camera." Make sure to like and subscribe down below for more badass content. Dude, I love what are you, you supposed oh, to do with that? This is so great. We need to hang out in Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Anybody really? who's going to the International Builder Show, let us know. Hope to see you there. Absolutely. Yeah. We have dinner planned. I have a I'll couple bring of t-shirts. going. I'll bring t-shirts. Yes. Yeah, Matt, Matt's yeah. covering the tab, so we uh, yeah. Yeah, he we said for the whole. That. He said for the whole bar. The you heard yeah. that, right? Well, he said for yeah. all three days, too, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Matt. And, and anywhere we went. Yeah, you said hotels too, or did we have to? Yeah, no, that's Caesar, hotels, but Caesar, we cover Caesar's our flights. Penthouse, penthouse. Yeah, you got to pay flights. Yeah, you got three uh, junior suites. Yeah, man, that's appreciate solid, it. man. I'm really looking forward to that. That's gonna be so much yeah. fun. I look forward yeah. to it as well. Yeah, promo code <laughs> Matt yeah. IBS. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Matt was showing up. Fuck. Hashtag Vegas versus Panella. I'll, I'll buy everybody tickets to get there and then nothing else. I'll just not show up. <laughs> you guys are all in Vegas with no fucking Uber. Yeah, uh, that'd be uh, bad. Dude. They need an ID to check in. Freaking. They'd have to have your ID that everybody gets stuck outside mm-hmm. of the hotel. Yeah. Uh, or you could be like me, dude. Point. I got ro- I got ma- not robbed, but oh my lord. Uh 
there was this guy that was like selling necklaces outside our hotel. And I was like, no, oh, dude, I... he's like, oh, sign my ledger, sign my ledger. So I thought he was just like, part, like, what the hell is the word? Where the fuck are we going with Trying this? to get a petition signed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, all right, sir, sign your petition. So I signed it. He's like, $20. <laughs> I was like, shit, what? I don't have any cash. And he's like, well, what do you have? And I was like, my wife has my login. Well, I like, I like pulled out this wad of cash in my pocket. He's like, that'll do. And just took the money. I was like, no, I just got like friendly robbed. <laughs> and so then my wife made me give her the money. The She's like, I'll hold guy. the money from now on. Cause I have no problem telling people to get lost. And I was like, you should hold the money. Cause oh, I'm just going to keep man. giving it to the people. Oh my Lord. We're going to have so much fun in Vegas. That's gonna be a good time. Rick, awesome. Do the outro. We're gonna close out. This was a ton of fun, man. Um, yeah, it was guys. It was. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward. If you like this episode, subscribe, drop us an awesome review. If you want to join us on the podcast or you have topics, just mess message us on Instagram. 